It's the afternoon cruise. I'm chatting with Nabate Isles, fantastic trumpet player based out of New York, but getting ready to take the stage of crooners on Sunday night for a concert titled Jazz's Influence on Hip Hop. Now, I had the joy of speaking to Nabate this summer when he was getting ready to play at the Twin Cities Jazz Festival. Nabate, we're so glad you're coming back to the Twin Cities, and we're so glad you're taking time again for Jazz 88. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciate you having me on. It's great to talk with you again. I remember it's just like yesterday, like, you know, it was uh, the some bright summer evening, you know, in, in, in the Twin Cities. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to be back. But I know the weather is going to be a little different this a, time around. <laughs> a little different, but you don't have to pack your biggest coat. It's going to be like January in New York in November. That's what I think it's it's going to feel like for you. <laughs> well, January in New York could be brutal too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, you've definitely carved out a really cool lane uh, with with your work sort of focusing on jazz's influence on hip-hop. You're not alone in this. There's a whole generation of players who grew up on hip-hop and grew up on jazz and are schooled in both disciplines and are, and are doing things to bring them together. But what inspired you to make this a part of your offering, sort of this, this genre-crossing effort? Oh, wow, great question. I mean, growing up in New York, I grew up in Queens, born in Manhattan, raised in Queens, you know, and I spent a lot of time in Harlem because my parents are born and raised in Harlem. I spent a lot of time with my grandmother who lived in Harlem. Um, but just in New York, you know, I came up in the 80s and 90s when hip-hop was was in its golden era, you know, developing. And, and I didn't, you know, like I would listen to music, but I wasn't really into it until the late 80s with Public Enemy when um, Yo, um, um, Yo Bum Rush the Show that album, that was their first album. That was like, okay, this is, this is, you know, like the sound and also the message and what they had to say. And then of course, BDP, Boogie Down Productions, KRS One, uh, those are the two groups that really, um, that really got me into hip hop. And it was so funny. The BDP joint called um, the Bridge Is Over, which was a diss towards Queens, uh, towards Queensbridge and Molly Mall and everything. It's so funny. I'm from Queens, but that track, I. I I love that track though. So <laughs> I was like, oh, do I feel guilty even though even though he he, he totally dissed my borough. But um but but yeah, but no, just growing up in the city and, and being around so many different cultures and, and growing up and, and being in 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 the midst of it all, I think I, I have like legitimacy towards that, towards hip hop, because I came up when it really was was an art form that was that was cultivated in the streets, you know, and not not commercially like it is now, you know, so, um, but also too, great jazz comes from the streets, you know what I mean? Like all the great jazz musicians did not go to the conservatories and everything like that. Of course, we have great musicians that went to conservatories now on my generation, we all went to music schools and stuff like that. But when you look at the legendary artists like that came from Harlem, like Sonny Rollins and Jackie McLean, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that were from Harlem and, and from Brooklyn and et cetera, like those great musicians, you know, like Newark even, you know, Newark, which is in the tri-state area, you know, Sarah Vaughn and Charlie Persip and Wayne Shorter, um, you know, and then you have Philly with Lee Morgan and John Coltrane, you know, Coltrane came up, you know, as a teenager in that area. So it's just, um, you know, that's how our music comes from. It comes from like, it's an oratorial thing where it comes from us and we pass it on to to the next generation and we do it in a very organic grassroots way uh so that's how hip-hop was developed too so um so yeah so i feel that i have that that combination for sure um where it's 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 where i've lived both you know what i mean 
Absolutely. Now I'm chatting with Nabate Isles, getting ready to take the stage of Crooners on Sunday night. Now, Nabate, that was just a fantastic lesson, not only in a lot of musicians that hail uh, from that part of the world, but also uh, the, the the first hip hop you connected with. And with you talking about uh, artists like Jackie McLean and art, also artists like uh, BDP um, and uh, Public Enemy, beyond there being a lot of musical corollaries, there's also, to some extent, some political corollaries, some black identity corollaries. There's some uh, some pridefulness and some um, assertive pro-black language in, in a lot of these artists across these genres. And is that something that that connection is different than maybe the 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 musical sampling side, although I, I do believe it's connected to that. But is that something you're also taking an influence from between these two musics as sort of maybe um, some of the pro-black language and rhetoric inside of these different genres? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's and that's what got me into hip hop, like uh, like with Public Enemy and BDP, you know, the messages they talked about, like giving us a, a social commentary, what was going on in the black community. Also, um, X-Clan, also Brand Nubian, like those groups, I was that's what got me into hip hop. And of course, De La Soul and Tribe Call Quest, they weren't as militant, but they were able to bring black pride like the the most positive light from black neighborhoods in their music you know what i mean so so that was an early nwa early nwa was about protest too but you know of course it, once again as as i mentioned how the how capitalism of the music the whole gangster rap thing was you know kind of like a capitalization from from you know of the music and 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 everything like that so but um, but yeah, but with jazz, like I mean, I was always into Max Roach and Abby Lincoln, what they were saying, what they were preaching, you know. And of course, John Coltrane's Alabama was such a huge influence on me and and everything. And and of course, Gil Scott Heron, I loved Gil Scott Heron. My mom got me into Gil Scott Heron and the Last Poets and everything, which which are which were uh, Gil Scott Heron, the Last Poets are pretty much the fathers of hip hop, you know, and everything. So. So it's kind of like that's what this music and Nina Simone, of course. How could I, I forget to mention her? Um, so you have artists like that that really, you know, it's like through their music, really gave a consciousness to the black community and also let the world know that you need to think about this. This is what uh, is going on in the communities. This is what the the segregation, excuse me, the well segregation at the time. Uh, civil rights movement at that time, but also the discrimination or oppression. And we don't have that anymore in hip hop. There are no artists talking about that, really. And it's really a shame. And if there are artists talking about it, they're not getting the mainstream appeal, like some of this BS that's being getting mainstream appeal. So um, I think that's the most important thing about black music in general. Like it tells a story and it really uh, it accentuates what needs to the problem and and it also offers a solution and that solution needs to be heard from everyone but unfortunately not everyone is is being attuned to this music even even the past music you know so that's why like i love to teach it's important for me to teach high school students because i let them know you know like this history and the music like what our artists went through for us to to be where we are today that is very important. That's paramount for them to know because with there is a future. There is no future without a past, and that's important. And and every other culture knows their history. We need to know our history too. I'm I am with you, Nabate Isles, and it's clear that not only have you done your homework, but you've lived this stuff. And we're going to be hearing that on Sunday night when you're on the stage of Crooners for a concert called Jazz's Influence on Hip Hop. 
Let's go beyond the the impressive study and homework you've done when you've, you know, really taken these lessons, learned these songs, studied these artists, and then you're sitting in front of a blank Pro Tools session or a piece of manuscript paper. How do you make this history that you've learned a part of your art? Ooh, um, you know, visualization. Uh, I, I visualize a lot and I love film. You know, I really love film music because I try to, um, I'm, my music is very programmatic. You know, um, it tells the story and I want you to be able to visualize something. Obviously with jazz, that's the beautiful thing about this art form. When you listen to a piece, you get your, you paint your own picture. That's what it, it forces the audience to really think and really be in a meditative state with the music. So when I, when I compose, I, I, I come off on that that um uh tangent you know i'm on that that mindset of being able to visualize and everything and and be in a moment and be meditative and and be able to express so that's so important to me that's that's and and and, and also sitting you know sitting down about to work on logic you know logic or reason those are the two dolls that i use to make <laughs> tracks um so logic or reason i just sit down and and and, and that's the beautiful thing about hip-hop production too you can even make even more sounds you can use effects all types of things to kind of tell a story and that's what the song um uh bate's letter from mr chuck i had the honor to work with chuck d who i mentioned was an influence on why i loved hip-hop public enemy and chuck d i actually um that was the fourth movement of the suite that i wrote that was um, um that was um uh that was um commissioned by the by the festival of new trumpet music during the pandemic and I wrote a piece, a four movement piece called Same Strife, Different Life, about 400 years of oppression, uh, four different movements. And the last movement was, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter and the protest uh, uh, time and everything like that. And, 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 and I used police sirens, you know, on the original beat, you know, and everything. But with Chuck, I didn't use the sirens, you know, which was interesting. But, but Chuck right there was like, you know, like to have him rhyme over that, I was able to take that track um, and then make it as an instrumental and then have Chuck rhyme on it. That was a message that's once again delving into what's going on into our society right now. So so um, and, and Chuck painted the picture even more, you know, and everything. So we worked very closely on that. So but yeah, I think I think very program coming from a programmatic perspective um, and having a story like visualize. Like I said, I'm a big film person, so I like to see and like to visualize and everything like that. So. That's how I uh, get inspired to write certain pieces. Nabate is bringing his artistry and his talents onto the stage of Crooners on Sunday night for Jazz's influence on hip-hop. Nabate, you got, I don't know who else is playing in town on Sunday night, but they certainly don't got the best players because you got an assassin's row of fantastic musicians from town. Jeff LaCrone, Kaviesh Kavaraj, Jeff Bailey, Kevin Washington, and a host of the thing is Chadwick Niles Phillips. What are you excited about uh, in particular about these gentlemen joining you on stage on Sunday? Oh, I'm I'm so excited. I mean, uh, with I mean the, these gentlemen. I mean, uh, Kavi, you know, Kavi Esh is such a tremendous keyboardist, and I got to meet him through Kevin Washington, mm -hmm. um, and as well as Jeff Bailey through Kevin Washington as well, you know, um, and everything. So it's just really um, so great. And then Jeff Lacrone, I was it was he was recommended um, through like it was kind of like six degrees of separation through. I believe it was a friend of Jeff Bailey's that introduced me to, to Jeff. So, um, so yes. So, I mean, it's, it's great um, to, to work with them and work with them again. And they know the music, which is really awesome. And Kevin, we go way back to New York. We knew each other in the late nineties and we would play together and we taught at the Harlem school of the arts 
We were assistant teachers. We were both college students. I was at Eastman. Kevin was at the new school. So we knew each other way back, and it was so good for us to reunite and play together for the first time in about 25 years. Um, and it was such an honor. And, and just we, we are cut from the same cloth on how we view this music, how we view our society. Um, and it's so great. And then my cousin, Walter Chancellor, legendary saxophonist. I'm going to have him sit in. And it's so great that, you know, we're basically the only musicians in our family, basically, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and we've had, we've had, um, we've been able to, to make a living playing the music or educating either or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Both, you know? So, um, you know, it's been really awesome and I, I'm so glad to have him up. And, and then Niles, uh, uh, someone that, that I've known for a long time. We met in New York initially when he lived here. Um, and, and we're working together again, uh, which is great. And we're going to be playing the Chadwick Boseman tribute track that we did together during the pandemic, um, uh, which was, you know, Chadwick Boseman meant a lot to both of us and meant a lot to me because he um, was uh, my cousin uh, in Anderson, South Carolina, was one of his, uh, one of like the people that looked over, one of his mentors. Um, so, so there's that connection right there. Um, and then also Taryn Crisp. Great singer in the Twin Cities area. She's going to sing a couple of tunes and everything. I look forward to having her join us as well. So it's going to be a great time at Crooners and looking forward to the atmosphere and everything like that. I can't wait. Nabata, you're going to be like an honorary Minnesotan. You know so many folks from the scene. This is fantastic. The show's on Sunday. It's at Crooners. Jazz's influence on hip-hop getting started at 5 p.m. Nabate, thank you for taking time to chat with Jazz88 and looking forward to catching you on Sunday, my friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I just want to say real quick before I go to make sure you pick up In Motion and come to the show, of course, but pick up In Motion on Rope Adult Records, my album. We find out next uh, next Friday, we find out whether we nominate for, I, I, I was in the first round for a few Grammy categories, so hopefully hopefully I'll be nominated for one of those. We'll see. Um, but but definitely check out In Motion. You can go on my website, nabatehouse.com. Or you can check me out on Bandcamp or any DSP uh, digital streaming uh, platform. And I thank you so much, Sean, for having me. Really an honor to be on your show once again. Our pleasure, my man. You have a good one. You too, sir. You too.